wanted to find something new and I was really lucky in the sense that at the same time the Ethereum Foundation uh, was starting Ethereum and they were starting a Berlin office and that's when I got into crypto for real. Hey, I'm Rudy Dogum and this is Wholesome Crypto. Here I speak with crypto experts, influencers and entrepreneurs to find out what personally led them to the path of cryptocurrency. Today's guest is Lefteris Karapetis. He has been part of Ethereum's core development since November 2014, working on Solidity, ETH hash algorithm, the core client, and continuous integration systems. Now he's focusing on the Roadski Portfolio Manager, which is a crypto accounting and analytics tool that protects your privacy. Thank you, Lefteris, for joining me on this wholesome crypto podcast. Uh, I know you've been very busy with the Rotsky Portfolio Manager, and you know, I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today. Uh, likewise, it's nice to be here. Uh, before we get into the deep, you know, discussions of crypto and, and you know what you're doing now, I would love to learn more about what you were doing before cryptocurrencies, before you even heard about Bitcoin. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 uh, it's a big story. Um, yeah, so. Uh, before I heard about Bitcoin, I was, uh, uh, well, I mean, I heard for Bitcoin around 2010, but I just never got into it back then. It was too early. Like I thought it was a funny thing uh, yeah. that people do, but I, I just generally studied um, uh, computer science and um, I was a developer as far as I can remember, like programming, even as a kid oh, uh, wow. for, for like game development and uh, trying to do windows game development with a very big book i remember then c++ um, and slowly got into you know i studied this and then tried to follow it through uh, but instead of actually working in in um, cryptography or anything like that i actually studied um uh, robotics and artificial intelligence in japan and um wow. That's that's when I first heard of crypto, but I didn't really get into it. And then I came back here in in, in Europe, and um, worked in a big company like Oracle. You probably mm -hmm. know them, like the huge yeah, they're, they're thing. a huge company. Yeah, and um, I got really tired of it. It was too much for me, like to to. The passion wasn't there. Corporate. Yeah, I, I get that feeling. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it it was. So I didn't really join Oracle. It's not. The, company I wanted to work in, but it was a startup that got acquired the day I joined. Oh. <laughs> so basically after after I joined like and moved from Japan to Berlin, okay. they told us, oh, by the way, we got acquired by Oracle um, GmbH, which is basically the German equivalent of um, corporation. Gotcha. Okay. And yeah, that didn't go very well. And then when I, uh, I mean, I did stay there for like a year and a half, but then I, uh, wanted to find something new and I was really lucky in the sense that at the same time the Ethereum Foundation uh, was starting Ethereum and they were starting a Berlin office and that's when I got into crypto for real. Oh wow, so I mean, how, how long were you in Japan for? Uh, five, no, four and a half years. Oh wow, so you kind of learned the culture and were accustomed to it and got kind yeah, of Yeah, yeah. I, I still think, even though that's probably bullshit, I still think I maybe speak better Japanese or used to speak better Japanese than I do now speak German. Oh, wow. That's good. It's, Japanese is not an easy language to learn either. It's pretty impressive. It, I guess if you're... It's much easier than German. <laughs> it's much easier really? than German. Like, German is pretty hard, yeah. <laughs> is that where you're... Is that your native language, German, or what's... No, Greek. Greek. Oh, you're Greek. Cool. Nice, nice. 
Yeah, so I'm I'm a Greek that went and studied in Japan and now lives in Germany. And I'm also married to a Polish woman. And so it's it's like uh, yeah, it's very international. That's good that diversity is important and keep your mind in like different areas and different cultures and it really helps out, especially in development when you're working in an international business like Ethereum. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 fun. Like I I I don't know, I, I kind of like the international feel that both this city has, but also mm-hmm. like I don't know, like the way that society has developed at least we are in a nice place to be able to you know live without any real borders at least here in the western world yeah that's i mean that's awesome i've never been to berlin but i definitely want to visit i've been to germany but oh berlin is cool it's it's a pretty different thing than the rest of germany (laughs) uh that's awesome and then so you you know, first heard about cryptocurrency or Bitcoin in Japan. And the next thing you decide, okay, you're reading up on it, you're reading up on it. And then what made you decide to, you know, I know the business opened up, the foundation opened up in Berlin, but why did you go Ethereum versus Bitcoin? Those were the pretty much the only two big ones back then, other than Litecoin and Purecoin. But yeah, well, I'd be very perfectly honest. I didn't have any idea what Ethereum was at the time. It just was a job offer like uh nice i found the job offer in stack overflow basically you mm-hmm. know they have a careers side um and sounded cool i i had an interview i had also other interviews you know for other jobs but this one sounded way too you know like startupy like the the guys there were doing whatever they wanted so it sounded like something like what i would like to to do at the time so i knew of bitcoin back then and so this sounded like you know a, a new kind of a more advanced version of that so it sounded like okay that sounds like a nice uh, thing to try <laughs> i mean it definitely grew to, to be like that because i remember when i first heard about bitcoin and reading the white paper i'm like oh wow this is going to solve money like money will be solved with this and i hope you know, and when I first heard about Ethereum, I saw their website. I'm like, are they trying to replace Bitcoin? Like, I wasn't sure if it's just another coin that's being copied. I, I didn't understand the magnitude of what they're trying to accomplish so early. And it took me a few years to really understand what they were doing. And like you said, you've been part of it since 2014, working on Solidity, working on the ETH algorithm. Did you have any idea it'd be like what it is today or you kind of were just... No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, look, like if I knew that it would be anything close like what it is today, I would have like invested everything I had back <laughs> then in it, right? I mean, to, like, to be honest, it's like... Yeah, the power of hindsight that you can just guess everything before. No, but like when working on it, mm-hmm. more like a game, I would say. Like solving puzzles. Yeah, sounds like yeah, we're trying to create a new coin and then trying to make it like make a language mm-hmm. about it around it. And like Solidity was something that I really loved because I before that I also was doing as a hobby project, which I still have, but I don't really work on it at all. Uh, uh, programming language that was kind of what uh, Rust is now. Back then, Rust did not exist, mm-hmm. which is also why I just basically stopped working on that. Um, but I found out that Solidity would be a nice thing to work on, like in in for for real work, uh, where I could uh, hone my compiler uh, matching skills. And I really, really loved that. Um, I didn't, I could not have even in my wildest dreams have imagined what would come just even a few years later with the DAO and how that very language that we created would basically come and bite me back. <laughs> I mean, it makes you think too that, you know, we're in DeFi world now, DAO worlds now, and before it was ICOs 
it's just like I'm trying my best to try to really predict what might happen in the future other than complete takeover from blockchain to current um, systems. But you know, it's so hard to really predict. And, you know, as, as you're developing and working on it, it's just like, you know, how can I contribute? How can I help? And where, where am I going to bring this space into? And I think with what you're doing currently, especially with Rotsky, it's, a, it's, a, it's something that's been needed for a while and pretty important to get us out of that or make, I guess, make people realize that we need to not only move from centralization in terms of our money, but also centralization in the applications we use and the data that we have and the privacy we're looking forward to. And I'll, I mean, I'd love to hear, hear more of your take on what really inspired you to start Rothkey and what was the transition for what you were doing before and then. And then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so before Rothkey, um, so I was doing a lot of things, like as I said, for the foundation, then I worked for, for, for Slockit in the DAO. And then for a very long time, um, almost four years, in um, I worked for the Raiden network. It's a layer two solution mm -hmm. um, with payment channels. So basically, the easiest way to understand it would be Lightning Network for, for Ethereum. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that, I mean, it hasn't. Has it taken off? I, I left there because of, um, yeah, I, like uh, we had disagreements with the way the, the project was run, let's uh, just say. Mm -hmm. uh, but I spent quite a bit of time, like more than I should have uh, in retrospect. <laughs> but um, uh, while doing that, um, I also at some point realized that I need to pay taxes. Right? <laughs> Everyone does. <laughs> and uh, yeah. The portfolio tracking wasn't that important in the beginning because DeFi wasn't also that that crazy back then, uh, and I didn't use as many exchanges as I do now. Um, but the most the thing that started it was just wanting to pay taxes, and uh, so I didn't know how to calculate it because I uh, I didn't have an easy way. Like I didn't have like only five trades, like some have like some five big trades or something. I also had the misfortune of thinking I can make a trading bot. And I mean, I, I did make it, but it didn't. It cost do you more in taxes like than the, it was worth. Yes, yes, yes. The, the, the target goal of the trading board was not achieved. Let's <laughs> say. But this created also a headache uh, for, um, because I also tried to make it um, do arbitrage between exchanges. Yep. So that didn't. Um, that was so popular uh, help. back then too. Still is. Probably. Yeah, that didn't help also with the ta taxi no. stuff though. Uh, and when I, so back then there was way way too few options. Um, maybe it was so there was Bitcoin tax. It's one of the oldest I think, and one more I don't know. I can't, maybe coin tracking was also that old. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was maybe two of them, and they all looked the same to me. Just put your Excel. give us all your data <laughs> in the centralized server, and maybe. Maybe uh, it will be free, but if your data is a lot, then we want money from you. Which needing money uh, also means an address and uh, payment details and basically associating an address with um, an entire uh, transaction mm -hmm. history net value worth is, is crazy. Like, uh, no, 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 no way. That, that's, that's crazy. Who, who, who does this? Like, this is supposed to be cypher funks, yeah. right? Like, how? People are willing to just like, a lot of, that's the thing, like, a lot of the cryptocurrency industry, it's, it's still, you know, the core of it is cypher, cypherfunks and the essence of, you know, trying to really own and have ownership of your assets. And the thing is, once you start throwing the word, oh, you're going to make money, just buy it and sell it and buy it and sell it and trade it. 
that's when you get everyone else trickling in and not really thinking through what they're doing with all the trades. I mean, I, I was victim to this too. I thought I was going to make a bunch of money with cryptocurrency. So I was trying to trade. And little did I know this wasn't an efficient method, at least for me. I'm not a good trader. I'm just a holder. And especially when the U.S. with taxes, it's insane. I, I, I just, yeah, it's too, it's too much for me to keep track of myself. And when I was looking for tax, um, tax solutions, I had the same problem you did. I was dumping information into some platform that I wasn't really sure of just so I can help pay money that I didn't want to pay. And now I'm kind of stuck in the loop. But, yeah, I get it. And then, so this you had this problem that you were trying to solve just pretty much for yourself. And then it went into, what was the next step? Ah, yeah. Well, I mean, I solved it <laughs> by making a command line interface that basically started Rotkey. I mean, the first commits are from 2017. It was just a CLI tool mm -hmm. just to do my taxes, basically. And it was really, like, it, there is a lot of remnants from back there. Uh like um, Poloniex lending, that was funny. Like I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be proper. So I, I, I taxed myself for this, like with the, with the interest um, there. Then uh, margin trading, uh, we don't support margin trading yet, but for, for Poloniex, it kind of worked for until they changed their API because I needed it. But right now um, it doesn't work. So we, we say that uh, Rotki doesn't support uh, futures or margin because um, it's quite more complicated to do it for multiple exchanges. But so what happened was just that I created a CLI tool that created this CSV report. But then I yeah, realized that more people may need it. And I thought that it may be fun to make it into a bit more of a Did you have tool? friends and fam or people just saying, hey, this is awesome. Keep going, keep developing. Don't. Some people, some people, not too many, but it's also that I can't make front end. So what I did was Same. just... So the very first UI of, of Rotkey, if you see it, it's uh, terrible. Uh, it's, it's basically my very limited understanding of how I would make a website, a bootstrap, mm -hmm. a Twitter bootstrap and something and CSS and HTML and JavaScript. So just basic, like extremely basic. Um, the page navigation was huge, uh, like <laughs> if condition else, if else. So, it was a monster um, and developing it also became very difficult. And yeah, at some point I got help from, I started getting help from Kelsos, mm -hmm. so who is now the front end developer. And yeah, he uh, modernized the front end, let's say, by just switching to a first TypeScript. So getting rid completely of uh, pure JavaScript and then later using a proper uh, front end framework, uh, Vue.js, instead of uh, the yeah. abomination that I And it's a beautiful, <laughs> I actually enjoy it. It's, it's actually very pleasing to look at. And I love the icon. I love the, the messaging behind it. It's the Rotki bird. And you know, what, what made you decide specifically that one, that bird? Oh, um, <laughs> I, I like this. Uh, they're called songbirds, mm -hmm. uh, especially the flycatchers, so these small ones. Um, and I had used in another project the most common one, the blue tit, called Sikorka in Polish. So I like to giving names in, in other, uh, not in English. Uh, so a project I had called Sikorka, which is the blue tit, but it's in Polish. Okay. Um, then I wanted to do something with the robin bird, which is uh, this, this bird. Um, but the European Robin, because in the US you have also the American mm -hmm. Robin, which is a bit bigger. It looks a bit different. 
Uh, so I named it uh, Rod Kelhen, the project. The problem with this was that people were complaining about the name, okay, but I didn't yeah. care. Then at um, DevCon 5 in, in Osaka, in Japan, I tried to, you know, I brought stickers and, and tried to make people Google it and stuff. Nobody could understand what I was saying. Gotcha. They, they could not pronounce the name. They, 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 not only pronounce, pronouncing is not the problem, but um, how do you call it in English? Uh, writing it down, so spe spelling? Yeah. Or... Spell. So hearing it from me and typing it in uh, Google. Didn't translate that well. was not, the, the connection there was not happening. So like they were typing a completely different thing. Everyone was typing something different. So yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, I, we decided to just change the name and just shorten it. So it's still supposed to come from the same bird, uh, Kelhen, but just cut everything else after the Rotk and then <laughs> add an I at the end. I, I mean, it's it has a good ring to it. I think so. So I'm glad you went. Yeah, I was trying to think how to shorten it. <laughs> I mean, that's the tough part about every, you know, startup is I, I, for me, it's like, what do I name anything? I always like have a hard time finding the right domain, the right name, what makes sense, what and what's in line with my vision. So I'm glad you uh, went through the process. And I think it's I think it's a good one. So then, um, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> it's, um, it's a personal kind of thing. It's good. And then um, so now you have, you know, Rotsky working in this the space for especially for taxes and you built the front end and it's kind of mm -hmm. you know it's it's your full-time path right now right or are you working other projects on the side uh no no it's full it's my basically full-time employment nice and i recently saw that you were presenting at a conference on trying to expand rotki and you know, i'd love to hear a little bit more about you know what you're working on now and what you see in the future and how how the community can uh, you know adopt it and help grow it yeah so basically i mean um what we're always working on is of course the rotkey accounting and portfolio tracking as a tool the same tool that you use and download um but so as i said in that um presentation and in also other uh, other places i've mentioned it to many people tweeted about it many times you know, like we have a challenge and this challenge is the same that other much, much more well-funded projects uh, face, which is um, that the field uh, progresses much faster than any of us would have expected or have the capability to keep mm -hmm. up with. So we are just like a super small team. It's just me uh, and uh, two other developers. And so it's very difficult to keep up with um, all of the farms, DeFi farms, all of the new chains, or God forbid, all this new layer two stuff. <laughs> like, how many are there? There are so many side chains now, and then versions of uh, rollups, yeah. and it's it's never going to stop either. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's going to stop. <laughs> it's if anything, it's going to just go faster and faster, and um, yeah. So it's it's pretty difficult to keep up. So. Um, I think that we just need to also take a step back and think a bit on how to, to approach this, uh, both as a project on our own, but also as a, as a community. Mm -hmm. Because um, as I said, and I, I, I also see, and it's obvious that also uh, other much bigger projects than us um, and with less stuff to do. Because if you're a centralized project, uh, like, I don't know, Zapper or uh, Coin, coin, no, coin tracking and stuff. Yeah, don't, I don't know if they do DeFi, but there is this other token tax. Yeah, they do a lot of DeFi. Um, 
and I see that they're also struggling and, you know, they're doing good, good job and trying to keep up with everything, but it, it takes time. So um, the problem there is that it's impossible for a team alone to just try and implement its integration. Uh, and they all seem to do it on their own little world, yeah. right? Uh, so they all have their closed source centralized projects and they seem to be reinventing the wheel, basically, which is crazy. Uh, so our idea is to basically um, lead the way, being the only open source project here, yeah. uh, to actually allow others to use our, I mean, we never stop anybody from using our code, but to make it even easier. Uh, so we use Python, right? Not everybody uses Python. Um, others would use um, JavaScript, others maybe Go or Rust or whatever. So. The idea would be to kind of go towards more of a middleware layer with multiple language bindings so that uh, other projects can also use uh, what we um, are creating okay. and incentivize people to contribute because we uh, it's impossible to, to just contribute every single module for everything. And so the key is there, the open source, but also incentivized. So you'd have some type of, again, middleware available to you know any project that wants to come in and say, and this is how our project works. We want to integrate with Rodkey and they would just build on top of your, I guess, middleware, middleware protocol and then easily integrate. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. There are some challenges with how of to course. do that, but we are thinking about how to solve them. Um, but um, so the, the benefits of such an approach is that we would like to do kind of what the graph started doing with the subgraphs, right? They, at least the idea with the graph initially was that um, they offer the infrastructure, so the way of creating subgraphs and everyone can query the subgraphs, etc. Um, and then each project will make their own subgraph mm -hmm. uh, for their protocol and maintain it. So the idea for us would be kind of the same. So uh, who would be the best people to do the Aave implementation and, and maintain it with the other people, right? The same for Liquity, etc. And for any chain in that fact. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, of course, others can also come and, 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 and help and, and uh, contribute, but then we would need to find a way to, you know, kind of incentivize that and build it because that's always the problem with, with open source. So like, imagine what I just said. Uh, but us just continuing as we are, that would be impossible. Basically, we are just scraping by uh, without any funding. And then they, there is all this VC-funded closed source projects that would just use our code. That, that, that couldn't work. Yeah. Well, it's the thing. It's, you know, you're building a strong reputation. You know, personally, you're you know, a pretty active member in Twitter and the Ethereum community. And that itself will carry you a long way. And you know, while you're spending so much time on Rodkey, I'm starting to consider, you know, what do you do on your free time? Like, how, how do you how do you escape when you have to get some you know mental sanity check? Because I know this world is crazy. I, mean, I get when I get looking into Twitter, it's kind of zoned in, and I just it's hard to escape sometimes. Yeah, it's hard. I don't think I have any free time anymore. It's like um, I used to have free time when my daughter was younger or when I didn't have a daughter, but since I also started a family, uh, that just, so um, a piece of advice to everyone who's listening, don't try to start a project and a family at the same time. No, 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 this doesn't work. It's like the only thing that I can do sometimes is just go for a run, which I, it's, it's one of the things that I really like doing. And uh, I just clear my head for like a bit, but that's all I have time for. I guess the good thing about the family is that it can at least take your distraction away because 
for me, I'm just walking around my house. You know, I don't have a family, but I'm just walking around and I'm looking at my phone. The first thing I do is go to Twitter. I'm like, why am I here? I close out and I go right back into it. I'm like, how do I get back onto Twitter? I throw my phone away and then my phone's back in my hand somehow. And it's just like, you know, I need to put this down and go for a walk. Yeah, I know. I know. I know the, <laughs> I know the feeling. Like I have had time to sleep and then suddenly, you know, like turning around, grabbing the phone, opening, you know, three o'clock at night. This guy is wrong in the internet. I have to correct him. <laughs> I have him. to say something. Yeah. It's always, it's always entertaining watching that, but also it's like, why did I do this? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, there are people who have tried to also do them, uh, the something, uh, to clean, uh, clean themselves off social oh, media purge, and off purge themselves. Yeah. Like for a week or for a month. I, 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 I don't think I can do that. It, I, I think if you can get one day a week, that'll probably be a dramatic help. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe one day would be possible. So now, now, now on this topic. So, what is your um, crypto pet peeve? You know, what what's something in the crypto industry? Just like you know, why is it this way? Why does it have to be a certain way? I'm I'm curious about that. What What do you mean? Uh, like your crypto pet peeve. So something in the crypto industry that kind of you know rustles your feathers and it's kind of like questioning the reason it's 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 um active in this way so for me like a, a ah, crypto pet okay. would be like everyone's so focused on the dollar value of every cryptocurrency but for me it's you know cryptocurrency is supposed to be the future we're gonna all be talking in bitcoin and ethereum terms we're not gonna say bitcoin's worth a hundred thousand we're not gonna say a slice of a pack of bread is you know two dollars we're gonna say it's a sat or a million <laughs> so I'm wondering what's yours. Yeah, yeah, I have quite a few. <laughs> One would be, I guess, the number go up culture. I hate yeah. it. I really hate it. Like, it's, um, I fought many times with people because I used to be a complete anti-token guy in projects because exactly of this, like, that you, uh, even though tokenomics have proven, and I have quite changed my mind personally on this, that to be really powerful, um, for incentivizing a community, it still brings in this uh, number go mm -hmm. up moon boys or like, yeah, I like to call them moon boys. <laughs> and it's like every time in, in Discord, in Reddit, in Twitter, like when news, when oh, new. Man. That um, was bad during ICO times. Yeah, it's still it's... happening. It's still happening. Like um, with all the new stuff, uh, even with the airdropped um, governance mm -hmm. tokens, they want news, they want integrations, uh, uh, co you know, partnerships. Yeah, yeah, that too. <laughs> so it's like crazy stuff. Like uh, it's just that the price uh, really for many, many people becomes the only thing that matters. And the other thing is the, uh, the funding. I just, so uh, somehow we came to go from the ICO model which was actually not an unfair model in my opinion. It just became crazy yeah. um, to a completely different model, uh, VCs. And that's all right now. It really seems like VCs are funding all of crypto at, at, at the moment. And very, very few projects have actually done an ICO uh, recently or um, fair loans. I mean, uh, okay, fair loans is also a kind of a... Yeah. I mean, it depends what, how do you define fair, but at least that 
there isn't a, a way for people to invest in the token before uh, and uh, front run everybody else. Let's say like Wi-Fi would be the mm-hmm. one of the few that I can think of. Yeah, and it's it's tough because especially for the the, the digital age now, it's you know, how do we bring money to our project? And you know, ICO is a great way to bring money, but it's so difficult to tell who is just going to take your money and run or who's going to take your money, try their best and fail. It's just, you know, you're really putting a large, large guess and it's all almost all luck at a certain point. And I really think we're going to see a lot of change in token economics as we keep growing to like right now, we're seeing a lot more governance token, token economics to give you incentive to speak into a community or speak into a cryptocurrency community have your vote whereas before it's just give us your money and good luck hopefully the number goes up yeah yeah and that uh, i i basically so i did participate in some 2017 and 16 icos and i don't think i made any money no uh, from what i see i basically lost everything yeah. and i paid my taxes for Literally. it too <laughs> you put money oh yeah that too you lost money and that paid too. taxes and it really pisses me off how back then, like uh, everything that we gave was basically kind of like a donation and there was no involvement, let's say, with the project. While now, at least with what we see with um, this way of doing things uh, is that it's uh, so like the kind of governance tokens, etc. Mm-hmm. It's There's a really, really active participation from the community. What I don't like about this is that many, um, even, even Gitcoin, that I really like their community, um, they do first the VC round. Um, the VCs keep a very big amount of the tokens and then they somehow airdrop or yeah. distribute the rest of the supply to, to their community. But that gives a very, very unfair advantage to the VCs, which uh, VC doesn't always mean something bad, definitely. But uh, yeah, it's um, it would have been nice if it would be possible for communities like that to sort of bootstrap as a community rather than have to rely on external money that can uh, have maybe even different um, That's uh, true. objectives than, than the community. And has. it's tough now, especially because, especially within a blockchain technology, hiring developers who are familiar with Solidity or any other you know, blockchain uh, programming, it's just, it's hard to find them and hard to find good ones and let alone hard to find ones that are actually going to give their all to a project. It's usually, you know, same as always money talks and yeah, the VC funding helps speak to people that can be on board to a project and kind of just push it out faster. So it's, and it's really amazing how far Rotsky has gone on no funding, completely self-started. And I think you have over 5,000 contributing users. Is that correct? Contributing? What, what do you like mean? for premium um, services or? No, 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 no. Uh, for premium, we have about four hundred users. Uh, overall users, we have maybe two, three thousand. Nice. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I can't say how much because we don't keep any data. Like apart from the analytics that people can opt in for, so it's kind of like okay, the people who have opt in, we can get some data, but. The rest, I don't know what they're doing and I don't know how many they are. We can kind of think about the downloads, etc. But then um, it seems that uh, from the support channels that we see many people being in much earlier versions. Mm-hmm. So just counting the latest downloads doesn't really give you um, a real image of how many users there are. 
And of course, you cannot count all downloads that ever existed because we also have updates. And that's that's the, and for everyone listening, that's the amazing thing of Rotkey. They have no idea what you're doing. They have no idea how much money you have and where it's going to. It's all on your local storage. And it really gives you ownership over your data. And it's important to support these type of, you know, uh, pro, um, companies and industries trying to really promote this type of new way of pay to pay for ownership and pay to support the community. So I guess, and one of my questions is usually is, you know, has cryptocurrency industry changed your life? And I think it significantly has changed your life. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm liking that respect. This is also the unfairness of this industry that the earlier you are, um, the more financially it, it changes. Uh, your life, but uh, for me, it also changed it completely as a way of of of, of uh, employment. Like I just at the moment can't imagine myself doing anything else. Even though I would like to double a bit again with robotics and AI, or even with gaming, the game development. Mm -hmm. uh, but at some point, I'm so deep into crypto that I I think that I would waste my time <laughs> trying to learn anything else right now. <laughs> and that's the thing with even game development robotics it's crypto is going to be somehow involved with all that so your knowledge is not it's going to translate probably pretty quickly to other industries especially if you're looking to learn something new or different yeah probably especially in the game at least um, maybe not yeah with gaming and um all this um, in in-game purchasing and uh, tokens and nfts then uh, yeah lots of things could go um could um be used there but yeah I, I don't know like right now i'm so into uh rotki etc that i can't think of um <laughs> anything else like maybe if the problem is solved then the community is uh self-sufficient self-sufficient and the thing continues on its own then that would be a nice time for me to also kind of you know do other stuff too but right now um that's one of the problems i don't feel i have even the ability to take a vacation let alone do something else <laughs> You can, you can always take a little break. Don't, you know, we'll be there. The community will be there. <laughs> uh, and one of, the, one of the last questions I wanted to ask you, um, you know, spending a lot of time on this, working on your projects, you know, what was, what made you smile the most recently? What really brought like your <laughs> cheeks ear to ear? Like, mm, that's a tough question. I have to think. <laughs> <laughs> I like asking uh, some questions. Yeah. Um, related to crypto, I guess. No, right? whatever, or whatever doesn't have to be related to crypto. It could be something completely different. Oh, well, I mean, uh, stuff like that, then I guess, you know, the progress that my, with my daughter house is uh, growing up. <laughs> it's, it's the, 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 the small things like, you know, um, um, speaking more of my language because we have also, <laughs> as I told you, I have a wife from Poland, live in Germany. So she learns German at the, uh, not school, but the kindergarten. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then general Greek with me and Polish from the wife. So it's like wow. whenever w whenever I hear her speak a tiny bit of Greek, uh, I feel very proud because at least I know that she can, you know, uh, understand what I'm saying. It's very difficult as a multi-language uh, kid. Oh, yeah, for sure. I grew up learning uh, Turkish and Arabic, but I was born in the States. So it is definitely an appreciation. Do you remember anything? like? Um... Yeah, I definitely... Um... I would say I'm not fully fluent in either, but I can carry a conversation. So it's like I can go to Turkey and then I can spend 
a month or two there and really pick it back up again. But I just said I'm out of practice, but you know, I, I visit there every few years to see family. So I could, I, I okay. can definitely learn it pretty easily. Yeah, I hope I hope something similar happens to my daughter that she can at least, you know, it can at least go somewhere down there because uh, no matter how much I try, I'm the dad and uh, she, like, the mom is very special yeah. always. It's uh, That's, the person that uh, she speaks more. I'm glad. It's, yeah, it's always important to always remember, like, you know, how much happiness your family can bring you and, you know, you're working so hard all the time and, and it's important to, you know, focus on what truly brings you happiness and not not to hold so much worry over the projects that you're building and of course everyone's appreciative of your hard work to the community because you again like from the beginning you started with ethereum early on 2014 helped build solidity and now you're growing into helping the whole portfolio management issue that we're having now and uh, i think there's going to be a lot more you're going to be helping with and you know, it's definitely appreciated and exciting yeah yeah it definitely is uh, I- I'm generally quite um, positive about the future. Yeah. At least for now. <laughs> Who knows? Like what happens later? But um, I'm generally a positive person. Yeah, same. And human beings always figure it out somehow. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really like always both of us say the same thing. Kind of I hope. <laughs> in your parenthesis. Yeah, let's do like, it. I'm, I'm on board to help out. Then I just you know hope everyone else is too. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Lefteris, thank you for being on the show. Um, excited to see how Roadkey develops. And for everyone else, please, you know, follow Lefteris on Twitter and follow Roadkey app and check out Roadkey.com. Very simple program to use. And take back ownership. Thank you. Great.